All right, so we are so excited to be welcomed right now with Jordan Williams. He's the CEO of WEC Nashville and Neat Mixology for our on-brand today. What's going on, Jordan? Hey, how's it going, Brandon? How you doing? You know what? I'm doing wonderful, and we've started working together. This thing is going great. This is a passion project for you at Neat Mixology, the, the Jordan Williams passion project I still sometimes don't believe this is true, that you're able to do all of these things for $500 a month. Like it's just, it's unbelievable. Tell our listeners exactly what you do. So we do, uh, uh, we do beverage development for your entire company, kind of like a group of beverage directors that comes in and, and helps you out where needed, take some of the hats off that you wear on a daily basis. Things that we do are inventory, creating seasonal cocktail menus, curating wine, beer, and spirits lists, um, looking at P&Ls, making sure that you've got time to spend more time with the guests so the uh, guest satisfaction is higher. Um, just alleviate a little bit of pain points for you overall. Um, I think that my 16 years in this industry and our team that's got over 55 years of total experience, we've just kind of figured out how to do all these things by working in restaurants for a long time, by working in distribution, by working in the supply field. Um, we've just kind of figured out a process that makes sense and works. What is what is the process? Can you walk me through a little bit of how your process works? Absolutely. So, like I said, we're kind of like a group of beverage directors. We look at things uh, very analytical and very data driven in that aspect. So we'll come in, look at previous six months of P&L reports, get an idea of who you are, what's moving, what's not moving, start to make some initial changes based on that. Right away, we start doing the inventory and ordering for you. So you don't have to worry about getting an order done in on time uh, with the distributor making sure that we're hitting all of your discount uh, case deals the right way. So your pricing comes in appropriately through your distributors. Um, and then looking at things around the area, keeping our, our finger on the pulse with the trends that are going on in the U.S. and in this market specifically to what it, what makes sense in your restaurant, your bar to be selling, what kind of cocktails to be pushing, what features should you have, um, how to negotiate those things with the distributors and the suppliers the right way to get pricing, to uh, have events at your, your uh, locations, to build more revenue. Again, this alleviates a lot of time for the owner, the bar manager to spend time with the guests, uh, the number one person in their establishment. You know, that's exactly where I took it. When I first spoke to you, I thought, this is going to be amazing. My bar manager is going to have all the time in the world to really spend on on education because we've got rel a relatively new staff. Pandemic comes, we hired a bunch of people. They're a little bit green. They don't know our wine menu. They don't know what we're doing. They're sharp people. But I need to focus a lot of time on continuous training. And some of this work you guys are able to come in and do. But as we've talked about it, it's really kind of been amazing because if I didn't have the capability to have my own bar manager, if I was a restaurant owner and I was kind of also restaurant owner slash general manager, and I was <laughs> counting the inventory maybe every other week, but it's still just such a time suck. You can come in and save those people in a time right now where hiring is really difficult. You're a godsend. A hundred percent. That's one of the things we've really looked at is, Hiring staff right now is difficult. You of all people know that. Um, the listeners obviously know that. It, it's staffing your your restaurant. I've, we've got a lot of friends who have restaurants that have sections closed off strictly because they can't staff it. Um, not because the demand's not there or anything like that. It's just there's no staff. Um, so coming in at $3 an hour is essentially what we break down to, to handle all these things. Um, you know, we've got clients who are the owner, the, the manager, the bartender most nights. And alleviating the inventory, the ordering, um, all these things off of their plate allows them to do so much more throughout the day um, to be more productive and to help grow the right way um, just across the board. That's amazing. Tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you. How easy is it to get you in the building to identify whether or not you can uh, help somebody out? Absolutely. Um, our, our website, WECNashville.com. Uh, there's 19 places on there to contact us. Uh, anywhere on there. Uh, my email personally is Jordan at WEC Nashville. That goes right to my inbox. Feel free. Um, or call me at 615-973-4511. That rings my phone right next to me um, and we can get everything started. Um, just get the process started for you guys. You can also follow them on the social medias at Neat Mixology and at WEC Nashville. 
And uh, you can instant message them if that's something you prefer to do. But there's lots of ways to get a hold of them. They will come out and let you and just kind of answer any questions that you have in much more detail than this. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I I think we have a lot lot of listeners are are really excited about what you're doing. Uh, Thanks, Brandon. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still and I am your host. I am joined as always with Jen Ichikawa. What's up, Jen? Hi, how are you? I am, I'm good. I am great, actually. And I am so excited for this episode today. We are talking with Lena and Brian from the brand new Kisser, which is at the Patterson House Sunday and Monday night. You are going tonight to eat there. I'm so jealous. I'm so, so, so excited. I feel like I've said it. I've told everyone that I'm talking to, like, hey, by the way, I'm going to I just keep saying it because you have twins and one of your twins is joining us on the show right now. Who do we have here? This is Ezra, Ezra David. Can you say hello? You show he's people saying, he's hello? saying hi. He says, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that he is saying hello in his eyes. Yeah. Have you had a good week, Jen? Both babies are sick right now. So no. And cutting teeth. So um, a long week. I have been a day ahead all week, so I was like catching up on work emails yesterday and realized that it was Friday, not Saturday. So my date night plans all week <laughs> were a day delayed in my mind. Oh, um, no. No, but it's everyone's feeling much better. We just got some stuffy noses and teeth, so we're getting better, right? Okay, and we're spitting up, so that's a good sign. That's the best sign, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, bless you. I don't miss those days uh, at all. But now I just wish I could get them off for tablets. Oh, honey, you're okay. Come here, baby. So I had a good week on our end. Last Sunday night, we did Brandon's Book Club. We did the five dysfunctions of a team. It was a blast talking about thanks to everybody who joined us on that Zoom call. Uh, we got pretty deep. I, you know what? These calls get really good. Like there's some really good feedback we're having on here. And I'm not, I'm not putting it out as a podcast. I just think it got too personal. It was just really good. Some vulnerability happening in these uh brandon's book club and this next month we are going to be doing anthony bourdain's kitchen confidential kitchen confidential is the iconic book from anthony bourdain and it is done right now to coincide with the release of the brand new film roadrunner which we got to go do a sneak peek of this past Thursday. It is out now. You can go see it at the Belcourt Theater. Uh, We got a bunch of tickets, and we gave a bunch of tickets away, and I went and saw it, and oh, my goodness. Um, I just, I feel like I left, I was kind of heartbroken. Have you heard anything about it, Jen? I haven't. I'm so excited to see it. Kitchen Confidential is one of my favorite books, and I read it once a year um because it just i feel like whenever i'm feeling a little burnt out it's a good it's a good thing for me to read again um and i just love it you know what i'm interested in reading with this particular book this time is now learning some of the rest of the story with anthony bourdain in this Mm -hmm. movie was amazing but reading this book again i'm through chapter one and i love where he says you know he was on a boat he drank he had oysters for the first time and from that point it was like game on it was like ding ding there's nothing I will never eat again. I love when he talks about having the gazpacho and it's cold and soup is cold and what's white is black and up is down and his whole world is flipped upside down that soup could be cold. Mm-hmm. Just some of these stories are so amazing the way that he's a storyteller, but they're also archaic. I mean, the things that he went through at the Dresden and these different places that he worked would never fly today. And it's it's... It's interesting. So I'm I'm really excited to do the book club book this month, Kitchen Confidential, because I want to hear from chefs 
what their thoughts are, what their thoughts are about if you haven't read it, I want to hear new chefs reading it for the first time. And then I really want to hear people that have read it multiple times, read it again in this post COVID era, how we're doing, like, what did they learn? Did what's, what's antiquated in that book and what needs to go away in this industry right now? Because I think everybody's growing, you know? Mm -hmm. Is there anything you won't eat? Like talking about that of the idea of like changing food ideas and stuff. Is there anything you won't eat? Nope. I'll eat everything once. I will not eat anything involving olives. Really? Yeah. I hate but olives. you've had olives. Yeah. I've had them. I just, just, I hate them. Yeah. So uh, the, the point is not that you have to like everything. The point is that you That's have to true. try something so that you know you hate it. Like if somebody says, I will never eat sweetbreads because yeah. I, that's just disgusting. And you go, how do you know that's disgusting? Mm -hmm. I don't know because of what it is like, but it may taste like pumpkin pie. So uh, Trevor know. Moran taught me this. So I can't eat any fish or shellfish. Right. And so one day I was talking about how much I wish I could. And Trevor, I was working under Trevor Moran at the time. And uh, he was like, well, you know, tuna is basically avocado. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, texturally, like, if you eat an avocado, it's textually the same as tuna. And I was like, nobody's ever told me that. <laughs> so um, that was really cool. So I like that. That's fun. So now you know the texture of tuna. Yeah, because it's something you just can't know. Like oysters are a good example. I have no idea what that texture feels you don't, like. You don't want to know. <laughs> oysters to me, I've, I've eaten oysters a hundred times. They're one of the dishes that I want to like. Like I want to go mm -hmm. somewhere and just like love it but i've just haven't been able to uh, maybe a couple times in my life i think a bastion was one of them maybe at henrietta red and then um i can't think of the name of the place it's now closed it was in the van dyke but um oh right what was that set sun yes i wanted to go there so badly kenji there was an oyster at set sun yeah kenji loves west coast oysters a lot but we don't get a lot of those out here. So <laughs> no, it was, it was amazing. So, but no, I will eat anything. I'll eat anything one time, but then I, then I'll know. Like mm -hmm. I, there's a, and I have a book called the, the naughty bits, I think, which is a, a just a compilation of a bunch of stories from Anthony Bourdain. Mm -hmm. And he's reading about, he's on a seal hunt. He's in an Inuit. He's with Inuits and they're hunting a seal and they catch us. They caught a seal. They kill it. They bring it home. And he says, they walk in their kitchen and it's like all this plastic, like a Dexter scene. And they all the whole family just gets there and they just start gutting the seal. And they're all just like eating from the body. And the mom or the grandmother reaches in and cuts out the eyeball and hands it to Anthony Bourdain. And he's sitting in the kitchen. He's like, this is the honor that they bestowed upon me, like the, mm -hmm. to have the eyeball. And so I put the eyeball in and it slurps around in your mouth. And it's, and it's like... I don't know if I could do that. I don't, I don't, I want to say I could eat the eyeball of a seal that we were yeah. cutting open in the kitchen on plastic, but I don't know where you draw the line. Like that's to me, I'm like, ah. that would have, that would likely be a game time decision for me. Yeah. I, I would definitely, I remember the first time I saw chicken feet being prepared. That was hard for me because they keep like the claws on, Oof. you know, you see like the, so that visually was uncomfortable. Um, but I did eat it still. So yeah, so like I did try it. But eyeball, I don't I don't know. One I time. Yeah, one time you tried and you go, you know what? Now and he said it was delicious. Well, that's cool. I am allergic to a lot of things, so I feel like I may rely on that in that situation. Like, oh I'm sorry, I'm allergic. I don't yeah, that's not <laughs> something I can do. I'm yeah, sorry. No, no. <laughs> Yes, don't have that. So today's episode is so much fun. We 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 started last week. We started talking shift, mm -hmm. and uh, oh my god, we had so much fun. We released it yesterday as a National Restaurant Radio podcast, and <laughs> you can tell the first hour goes so smooth. We have so much fun. The second hour was smooth too, but it was just kind of got off the rails a little bit. We're like getting our dogs and playing games and it just, it was out of control. We're going to be doing another episode of Talk and Shift and it's going to be on August the 1st. And let me tell you, we have a contest. We're doing a contest. I have a logo for Talk and Shift and it's like a microphone talking. You've seen it. We have an Instagram page. Go follow it. It's at talking underscore shift underscore podcast. We have a Facebook group that you can go join where we can, I'd love for you to tell your stories. We're posting the link for you to join the podcast. Everything is there. Go join those things. But I 
hate the logo. And I can go to Fiverr and I can create a logo and whatever it is, but I want to reach out to all the people out there in the culinary industry who are also graphic designers who know how to do this stuff. Talk and Shift is a podcast for the people, for the restaurant workers to tell stories. And I need a new logo. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to offer up $250 cash to anybody who can make the logo that we choose. So I want to make a contest out of it. I would love to have as many people as possible submit their potential logos. And I want to have that person on the podcast, the person who wins on August the 1st, the guest host for the show, which are to be determined. Um, we will all vote on the best options for the new Talk and Shift logo. And we would love to have your submission. So go to the Talk and Shift group in Facebook and you can post it right there. Post your logo that, that you make, or you can post it to our Instagram page or tag us on it. You can email it to us, whatever you want to do. Uh, email it to Brandon at Nashville restaurant radio.com. And the other side is I have a really cool intro. I love my intro for Nashville restaurant radio. It's a rocking kind of a duh, 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 duh. welcome to Nashville restaurant radio. I want a talking shift, like a real, intro song that we can use that is from a local musician who also works in a restaurant and i would love to shout that person out if you want to create the intro music for the talk and shift podcast we would love to pay you 250 dollars also so we got 500 dollars up for grabs the only thing is you got to work in a restaurant because i want to support people in our industry you got to work in a restaurant and this has to be kind of a side gig and it's got to be good mm -hmm. it's got to be good right so I'd love to see some competition. We are Music City. So I feel like, you know, we can do a good job with this. And I just want to give, I want to give a little something versus paying somebody on Fiverr in, you know, Indonesia to make my logo or create something for me. I'd rather spread it around here and do it locally and support somebody who's in the industry. So that contest starts now. We'd like to have submissions ready to go by August the 1st. I understand if it's a musical thing, we'll have to wait till we get a few. We can kind of pick out the best one. But words, lyrics, just beats, a rap, whatever it is, you got talk and shift to play with, right? So, I mean, there's there's some good uh, some good things you can do. Yeah, that'll be really fun. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it'll be cool. Almost as excited as this interview today. Holy cow. I love them so much. Are they like the greatest? Like... If you also, we do play the newlywed game with them. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to this, you're going to need to go to our YouTube page and you need to watch them play the newlywed game. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, it's super impressive. They are just super pure, lovely people. They're the kind of people that I love moving to Nashville. Mm -hmm. I love also moving to Nashville. But there's the people that come from California and New York. And they're here in Nashville and they're making our culinary scene so much better. Yeah, I agree. They're very, very cool people. And you can tell that their heart is really in it. And that's what makes Nashville Nashville to me. So, 100%. Well, let's, hey, let's jump in. Let's do this. Yeah. We are super excited today to welcome in Brian Lee and Lena Horry, who are the chefs and owners of Kisser. How are you doing, guys? Hello. Hi, doing well, yeah. <laughs> Welcome right. to Nashville Restaurant Radio. You guys have a pop-up, but it's kind of a pop-up that's going to be going on and on at the Patterson House. Tell us about it. I mean, yeah, so we we were at Bastion recently and uh and you know, we we were there for a couple of years and we're, we've been talking about doing our own thing for a while now and uh, just talking to some of the like some of the guys that have been doing pop-ups in town I mean you know uh, Edgar is doing the Alabrije at Bastion and seeing how successful that's been and uh, you know we've just been talking about this for a while and you know the, the kind of little concept that we're trying to do and uh, we stepped away from Bastion to start focusing on that and try to open something up and then they reached out to us Max uh, Goldberg reached out to us to see if we want to do something at Patterson House on Sundays and Mondays. So it's just like, yeah, wh why not? <laughs> why not start getting things out there? So, yeah, that's so cool. Tell us about the um, the concept. Is it, is it Japanese barbecue? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what we're calling it. <laughs> that's what you're calling it. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess the, the the concept for the restaurant that we're going to be opening is uh, it's a fast, casual um, Japanese barbecue, but everything done in a bento style. So everything is meant to be taken taken away. Um, it's, it's, it's an idea that we've just been talking about for years and mm -hmm. years of, of wanting something that was sort of like fun and easy to get, but also like with ingredients that there was care put into it. And, uh, and, uh, and just also with like the sort of flavors of like grilled smoked Japanese food. And you have, you're doing like a farm to table, but it's from your home. Yeah. Some of it. Is I mean, that right? Yeah. Some of it? As, yeah. as much as we as can. As much as we yeah. can. Yeah. So you know, the menu is going to be as, as seasonal as we can and uh, whatever we can uh, get from basically like our, our garden uh, to use in the restaurant we have been. Mm -hmm. It's something that we've been even throughout uh, as we've been building the garden, um, even at Bastion, like uh, we before we went into work, we would go into the garden and pick all of our herbs and as much produce and yeah. things like that as possible that we could to use in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Now, you guys are originally from California. Am I right on that? What part yeah. of California? Uh, I grew up in Orange County, and then Lena uh, from like Simi Valley. But we we met working in LA. So, so what part of Orange County? I'm originally from Laguna Hills. Oh, really? I was born in Laguna Hills, uh, and uh, Mission I, Viejo. No, my I've got family in Mission Viejo though. So, uh, okay, aunts, aunts and uncles. Um, I grew up. I lived in Costa Mesa and Santa Ana, and then uh, but went to school in Huntington Beach. So. Nice. I went. I went to Westminster High School for a while. Uh, rivals <laughs> in the same Ocean. district. Yeah, I was at Ocean. Yeah, <laughs> you had o Ocean View was like our biggest rival. Yeah, yep. <laughs> we had the Battle of the Bugle, I believe, is what yeah, that was called for the basketball team. Yep. <laughs> so I played basketball at Westminster, so that was a whole thing. Like we, it was a lot of fun. How mm -hmm. was a small world? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's so cool. So, you guys meet in California. Mm -hmm. And what brought you to Nashville? So I had originally, I had lived here before we met. Um, I was part of the opening team at Husk here. Um, nice. I moved here from Charleston, where I was, I was there for like 10 months or so, and um, just had the opportunity to come be part of the opening team here. So moved up here, sight unseen, um, and yeah, just really liked the city. And I moved back uh to california for a little bit and we met shortly thereafter and then um it's just sort of crazy because i've i spent most of my life in uh in uh, my adult life in new york um i was a i was a pre-med student at nyu and then i decided i wanted to cook so i actually like got rid of everything and, and just moved back to california to try to pursue that and mm -hmm. within that short time frame of like of that is like is how i met brian yeah and, and yeah, like we, we were there for a couple of years, like mm -hmm. while we were together and then kind of decided it's just like, neither of us wanted to be continue living in LA. And so it's just like, all right, where do we want to go? Where do we want to go in any, anywhere in the country? And right. um, she was always saying, she was like, you always talk about how much you like Nashville. So like, Let's try that. She, one of her best friends looked out here. So that, that, that was going to be one too. of my, when you when you moved to Nashville, sight unseen, what was your preconceived notion of Nashville before you moved here? And then once you got here, what was like after a month of being here? What was like shattered and changed? How did it change? I I actually had I knew basically nothing about Nashville when I moved here. Like I yeah I had been told that it was a bit of a party city, but that was basically it. I knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, I found my roommates on Craigslist before I even got here. So, and, you know, hadn't met, actually met them and got a phone conversation with them, but basically knew nothing about it. So, wow. uh, yeah, it was just, once I got here though, I mean, opening Husk was insane. So I didn't actually get to enjoy the city for, you know, probably two to three months. Um, but then once I got here, it was, it was just realizing that it's just a really cool city to live in like everyone asks me it's like oh what is there to do and it's like i don't know you can go do the like the the tourist stuff but it, as far <laughs> as living here i just like living here mm -hmm. so lena what about you when you got here 
what was your kind of idea? <laughs> I mean, he obviously was able to talk to you about Nashville and tell you that he loved it and wanted to move there. He has moved there. Did you come here in advance to kind of check it out? Or did you just say, let's throw my knives in a, in a car and let's go? Well, that's the funny thing is I applied for a, uh, I applied, I just sent my resume into strategic, just let it float out there and see where it landed. And um, they got back to me. And so I, I for catbird seat. So I actually flew out stage at the catbird seat was here for two days for two days stage and then i flew right back and uh took the job and we drove cross country <laughs> so yeah. that was I, I didn't even get to i ate hattie b's because it was right down the street from catbird seat and then that was uh that was basically my first uh impression of uh nashville was just that little area because that's all i did yeah so she only experienced midtown and that was it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I met you guys, I remember like meeting you, Lena, and thinking you were such a rock star because all I heard was, yeah, my girlfriend works at Capward Seat. And that was when Ryan Poley was the chef mm -hmm. and he would come in all the time. And and that was just such an interesting, that was such a crazy time, I feel like, in my life. I mean, obviously, I met my husband during that time. And so it was, <laughs> it was a lot. But that was just such a cool transition because, Brian, you came in and took over. Mm -hmm. um, and he talked about you all the time. And I remember... Kenji being so excited when he first there's not a lot of like Asian and white couples out here so he was so, he was so excited to like see another one <laughs> um, and he was so excited that you worked at the catbird and he was just I think he had a small crush on you but I think he would also kill me for like sharing that especially publicly but um but anyway it was, it was really really cool <laughs> that's so that's so funny that I love that Hey, um, how did you guys meet? Did you guys were you guys working in a restaurant together? Yeah, so it was, it was just it was all sort of weird the way it happened. So, Lena was working at a restaurant when I moved, when I moved back to California after I was living here. I went to work at a restaurant called Toimet, um, and it was just a tiny little like tasting menu restaurant. And Lena was working at a restaurant that. I had previous. I had worked at years before, and um, it was red, it, yeah, yeah it's red medicine. Brian had well, you were part of closer to like the not opening team, but yeah, early but basically team. like opening team at a restaurant called Red Medicine. And Lena was working there at the time, and uh, one of my friends that I worked with, he was bartending, and I would go in there all the time because they had a, just an awesome late night menu. Uh, they were open until two o'clock every day, and. Yeah, I was just sitting at the bar and uh it was a totally empty bar because yeah. it was late at night, so I just got off of work. I think it was just the two of us. Had a horrible shift. Yeah. Like I just we just got absolutely crushed in the kitchen. And so I was sitting on one end of the bar just yeah. by myself. I was on the other end of the bar and my friend, our friend who was the bartender, he was just like he was talking to me and he was like, Oh, that's Lena. You know, she works in the kitchen. And I think we both had like little glasses of whiskey and just like kind of raised them to each other and that was the first like technical introduction. <laughs> but then uh, a few months later, Red Medicine actually closed. And so all I mean, it was an awesome restaurant, all the cooks were, you know, basically being grabbed up by every restaurant possible in the city. And uh, her resume came our way to at Tuamek. And um, that's when yeah, and I reached out to my same buddy who introduced us and he was just like, Oh, yeah, get her if you can. So that's sort of how we met. And uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, hanging out, going out for drinks after work and, you know, everyone sort of hanging out. It was a pretty tight knit uh, group. And so, yeah, that was mm -hmm. basically how I met. It's a restaurant romance. And, yeah. yeah, it happens oh, all man. the time. I thought he was <laughs> such a jerk when we first met. It was on oh. massage. He asked me to cut a pint of a brunoise, a pint of uh, shallots, and then, uh, and then I saw, him and it just like never, they never got used. I was like, why did he make me do that? And I'm like, oh, because I, I, I was pretty new to cooking, and it was just sort of, I think I was like a knife war test. But I was like, that guy's such a, such a jerk. I do not. <laughs> and then so we were really, really good friends. Oh, uh, it was just hanging I, out. Yeah, just hanging out. I, I thought I thought that Brian was really into uh, a totally different type of lady <laughs> than I was. Uh, I, like, so I, I in my mind, I was like, oh, he'll never be interested in me. I'm basically just another dude. So you know, we'd go out, hang out. I'd just eat hamburgers and <laughs> just <laughs> feel completely at ease because in my mind, I was like, oh, you know, there's there's no chance of anything ever happening here. So we just yeah got over the course of a couple months, just um, just hung out all the time and then i realized like man i'm totally in love with my friend 
Oh, that's a good story. <laughs> I love that. And you cook together. And then how did you propose? Oh, did you guys are married? You guys are a married couple, right? Yeah. It was, that's it a... was, I mean, it was, I mean, we moved in. We moved in together. I don't know. It was after like six, not even six months, probably. But it's pretty, pretty quick. And uh, I mean, we were just living together. And I think it was, it was basically, uh, we were out here in Nashville when I actually proposed. And uh, I think it was on your birthday, right? Yeah. Well, you had had the ring for a while. Yeah. It's like it's it's passed down as your grandmother's yeah. ring, right? And we yeah. were in Paris. And there was one point, I remember, he was freaking out, checking his pocket, yeah. saying like, oh, I think I lost something. I think I lost something. And I was just sort of impatient. Like, well, what are you like? It can't be that important, I realized. Afterwards, you yeah. told me that he thought you lost a ring in Paris because you were going to propose there, mm-hmm. and then you ended up not. And then I ended up not. <laughs> Why but. did you not do it in Paris? There's a story there, right? <laughs> no, so I, know, I know. It, <laughs> like, it was never nothing. No situation we were in ever seemed like the right time. Like we were just, it was just like just a non-stop trip, and and like just always out and about somewhere, and like okay, we got to go here, then we're going here, then we're going here, and yeah, just. Poor planning on my part, I guess. <laughs> and then it ended up on my birthday at like the end of the you know end of the day. I just got really sad, and well, I thought I had a feeling that you were going to propose to me today. So I'm just really sad that you didn't. I'm like, no, no, I am. And he got out the ring. Like, I ha- I've had this for months now. <laughs> and that's how he proposed to me. That's sweet. I love that. <laughs> it's like gotcha. <laughs> That is so cool. And how long have you guys been married for? Uh, it's we're almost at four years. So I think in, in October it'll be four years. Four years, you're opening yep. your own place yep. and you're kind of testing it out. Now have you is it have you actually started doing service there? Is this so today is Sunday and tomorrow you're doing service tonight and tomorrow yep. and is it, this is how many weeks for you? This is the second week. Second week. Yeah. And I know, I know somebody here who's on the, on this interview, who's going to be there. Yeah. We're so yep. excited. We're yeah, like, we're super excited. cause I'll tell you like he, so when we saw you guys at Locust back in October, when you all walked away, he was like, those people are so genuine. Like I am so excited for whatever they do. And so I saw, I follow obviously everything with strategic, mm-hmm. um, and so I saw, I think I saw it through Jordan uh, Farrell that posted about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what is this? And so I saw Japanese barbecue and I sent it to him and he was like, book it right now. Like <laughs> right now. <laughs> and so we, I think I literally booked it right then. And I, I'm just so excited. Like, and I think what is great is Nashville is finally, it feels like the age of Asian food, which is so exciting <laughs> for so long. There was none. Um, I mean, there were those hole in the wall places. Like I talk about Vienfa all the time. That I think is, we've seen you guys there. A couple yeah. times too, like I, you probably ago. have. <laughs> we love it so much. Um, so, and you know, we've been to King's Market a lot. We love King's Market. There's a, a ton of really great local small places. Um, but it, it was the, f- we haven't had a lot of like higher end Asian food. Yeah. And so having Locust open and then Peninsula who are really good friends that did um, the dumplings during mm-hmm. quarantine was so cool. And to see Kisser pop up, it just feels like this is the the age of Asian food. And I'm so excited for that. Yeah. It's like we've got, we've got some really great mom and pop places here, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, just never, it never really seemed to expand beyond that. So mm-hmm. yeah, hope, hopefully we can be a part of that. Yeah. So I love you guys posted, you have an Instagram page. And for those of you who are listening that want to learn more about this pop-up in this restaurant to be, uh, it is at Kisser Barbecue, K-I-S-S-E-R-B-B-Q. Let's talk about the name real quick. I'm so glad you asked that. I wanted to know <laughs> Is it because you guys are husband and wife and we might get to see some like kissing during the dinner? <laughs> I mean, it's, there's, there's, it's, it's, uh, it's multifaceted, but uh, yeah. I, we were we were in trying to think of a, a restaurant name or even like what to call ourselves. Uh, we we were trying to find sports terms, I think, because a lot of times people have compared the way that we cook in the kitchen almost like uh, like like almost like a dance is like you know we 
we don't bump into each other. It's a seamless, we're not constantly shouting at each other. It's just, it's very like calm and fluid and, you like know, we work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a word. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's a word that people have used a lot or even like in, if you were boxing or something like that and just help they, the, the boxers sort of dance around each other. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we were just trying to think of words that describe that and like, oh, like, wouldn't that be like pal right in the kisser? Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, that's cute. <laughs> So That's it was really like that, cute. and then realizing, yeah, like how well that works of like, you know, it's like the food that we're making is like, you know, it just sort of punches you in the face uh, is kind of the idea there. And um, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It just works. So you have little stories. <laughs> I was looking at your Instagram page and I, first of all, I love that. It's so awesome. I, I love what you guys are doing. I, I love to see, I'd love to like come in and like film that and like put that as accompaniment with this because really the dance, I think that, people who aren't in restaurants don't understand that there is a dance when you work with somebody so long and you can kind of just hold a saute pan over and they throw something in. I mean, where it's just, you guys are just right there completely in sync. It's really something beautiful to watch. But one of the coolest things I think is on your Instagram page, you talk about the, is it shokupan? Is that how you say it? Yep. Shokupan, which otherwise known as milk bread. And you tell this lovely story about it. Would you mind telling that story now for the people who are on Instagram? And any other kind of like story about the food that you're going to be um, producing would be really cool. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, to preface, before I even posted it, I was asking Brian, like, is this stupid? Is this, is, <laughs> I, I just, because we're so bad at we're so bad at talking about ourselves. We're, uh, but I, I just thought that it because people keep asking like, what is the food that you're doing? And I've, I've had such a hard time describing it. I can, t- I can tell you what the dishes are, but as far as describing like what it is, it's been hard. Yeah, and why, and why we're doing what we're doing. But so many of them are, are things that are inspired by or focusing on sort of the, the food from, I guess you could say my food from my childhood or uh, home food. You know, it's like, it's the food that matters the most to you. So, um, but, I guess to, to tell the story, I, it, we're, I, we, we've been making um, the shokupan, the Japanese milk bread, uh, as an item on our menu, and um, it, it was something I think was really important to both of us to to have on. Um, and for for me, it has so many memories of um, every summer we uh, spend at my grandparents' house in Tokyo, um, and uh, it's. Uh, my grandmother would make us breakfast every morning, and uh, it was either going to be a Japanese breakfast, which is usually you know, pickles, miso soup, rice, things like that, or she would try to accommodate us as American, you know, um, Japanese American kids, and so she would cut us uh, thick slices of the milk bread, and then uh, for her, American breakfast was probably like a slice of tomato, some American cheese, and uh, and keeping mayo, and that was a, that would be our breakfast, and so it's just it's uh, it's a weird combination i guess but it's i think it's delicious mm-hmm. and uh it's food like that that always brings up so many memories all of my memories are food related it's, it's the thing that i mean we joke about because when my sister and i relate memories uh she'll she she sees it from a very different standpoint of like of sort of describing uh, like maybe like a location or like a building while for me it's like oh but we we're on the way to get noodles for that trip and then <laughs> after that we had this and then we, then we had ramen for dinner and like all all the memories are food related and uh um and i think that's that's sort of what the menu is going to be mm-hmm. focused on or the, the thing the things that uh have that sort of emotional uh connection yeah at least at least rooted in that yeah that's so cool i mean culture is so driven through food i Anthony Bourdain talks, I actually have a plate of one of his quotes about that on, like on our, in our kitchen. And it's just, it's true. Like food is, is so cultural and it's, I know what, like Kenji desperately wants me to learn to make katsu. And I keep saying no, because it's not going <laughs> to taste like how his mother made it and then how his grandmother made it. And so it's just, I know it's going to disappoint him because he's, I can't do it. Like I, I'm not a good person. <laughs> um, but it's so fun. Like, so his dad is coming to visit my father-in-law's coming and that's like on the menu is he's going to make katsu so that he can have that like sense of home. And mm-hmm. I just, love. I think it's so incredible that food can do that. And it, it hits so many of your senses, right? It's sight, it's smell, it's touch and feel. It's, it's just so cool. And I, I think it's awesome that that's what, I think that is when restaurants succeed so well is when that is what they're focused on. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I want to touch on that. Exactly what you just said was what was going through my brain. 
is that throughout this entire pandemic we've just come through, everybody, you know, I know we've been screaming it from the mountaintops that you need to eat local and support local. But just these stories that you're telling is kind of the essence of what you're going to get with a locally owned and operated restaurant, especially one where they impart their childhood memories and these flavors and these stories that all kind of translates into love. You know, all kind of translates into love that you're putting on a plate and you're sharing that with other people. And I think that's just something you don't get at these mass produced restaurants where they're just people are just putting food on a plate. It's like an assembly line. They're thrown in a window and then it disappears into the ether. And I imagine that every single dish that you put out tomorrow or to, or Sunday and Monday, you want to know that people are enjoying it. And you want to like, there's just absolute like love and all this time and energy and passion into every dish. And like, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, exactly that. It like stresses us out <laughs> it's just because like we're, we're testing and testing and like tasting things and like, it's like it tasting it to the point where we don't even know if it tastes good anymore. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's fine. I guess it's, I think it's delicious, but I don't know anymore. And, you know, and then getting to the point of actually serving is like, well, I hope people like it. Like, I don't know. I think, I think it's good. I don't know. Do you get nervous going into perfect? Ner- I would say nervous for that, re- for the, like the reason that we just said, it's just like, yeah. I just hope people like it and, you know, not nervous of like, Oh, are we going to be able to keep up with the orders and stuff like that? Because when it comes down to it, I mean, again, like we, one of the reasons we wanted to do this is because we work incredibly well together. Like we, you know, we're, we've always got each other's backs. We just work, you know, pretty seamlessly together and always have. And, uh, you know, it's, so that's, it's, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know whether or not people like the food yeah, i get that. i just get terrible anxiety yeah. just because uh you know it's you're you're putting yourself out there so mm-hmm. much yeah. and it's and all at the end i think for everybody like all you want to do is do a good job mm-hmm. and make food that people like and mm-hmm. it's more like thinking about that beforehand that like things i just get so like anxious and worried mm-hmm. but once we're in service like all right let's let's yeah, you just, know let's, just, all just, this, <laughs> let's do this down, just you know do what needs to be done mm-hmm. And that's wow. yeah and then that's yeah that's when it's like okay no i'm just having fun cooking mm-hmm. <laughs> so what if you guys so you guys both throughout the pandemic you've worked a couple different places but you both ended up at bastion correct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. what do you think in our industry just going back to just some general questions i mean not necessarily about kisser per se but like what do you think some lessons are that you guys learned throughout the pandemic that you're going to take with you post pandemic I don't know. That's hard to say because we were still, because I mean, because we were at Bastion, like we were still so busy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you were in, if you were in there at all. Like, I did. I had, yeah, we did. Like where with, yeah, the dining room, like on, in the big bar side. And so we, were we had in the big bar. Yeah, man, it was exhausting. <laughs> so we didn't have time to like, I don't know. I, I haven't really even had like the, the time or thought to like really reflect on that. Cause we've gone just so much from like, doing that to then like trying to transition to this and um I, I would say that I I was for, first off I, I think you know the, the Bastion has been able to have just such amazing people work there mm-hmm. both at the bar and in the restaurant and I that I took away I was just so impressed at how uh, people can pull together like not that I didn't think that already but just in how hard it was to reopen and how everybody made sacrifices both physically and with their time mm-hmm. and um no one ever yelled at each other like we were just like okay let's all like push to do this because we want to be able to both reopen the restaurant to keep it going but also you know being able to create that sense of normalcy for people to come in people telling us like this is the first time i've even been outside mm-hmm. and like you know for yeah. this amount of time and to be able to to do that and just feeling like I guess uh, just to say, like being impressed with everybody and how everyone was pushing so hard Mm -hmm. just to uh, try to make it happen. We are going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, let's talk about supporting local. You have a restaurant out there. You chances are you use bread and Sharpier's Bakery is your local baker. They are celebrating 35 years delivering fresh break breads and desserts to your restaurant six days a week. 
with over 130 different types of bread. They are way more than just your general and burger buns. Did you know they can actually make your custom recipe, your bread recipe, and deliver it to you? Give Erin Moso a call. She's at 615-356-0822 or visit sharpies.com. That's C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S.com. Follow them at Sharpies Baker on Instagram, but you can go to their website and see pictures of all the different breads they carry. They are your local choice for fresh bread delivery daily check them out. You know, one of the number one things that I see when I'm on the forums, the restaurant forums is who do you use for POS? We need an updated custom POS system. And you know what? Spot on technology has that for you. Steve Coulson over at spot on can custom make POS systems that work for your restaurant. It's not a one size fits all. They can custom build it to where if you need online delivery, and they have a they are right now the only solution that works with Google. Google can go directly from people can Google and place the order directly from Google with spot on. They have inventory controls, um, all the food cost management systems that you need or don't need. If you don't need it, don't buy it. So when you have that question, who should I need to get a new POS system? What should I do? You need to go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Click the Sponsors tab and find Spot On. Click that and it will give you a special offer when you contact Steve Coulson. Look guys, it costs nothing to call a guy and ask him, just ask him questions. Ask him to come in and check out what you guys have. He is very, very uh, accommodating and he is local. Guys, you got to check out Spot On. You know, another local company that if you own a restaurant, you should definitely check out is Complete Health Partners. So they're born out of necessity. Christian Ruff was working in a local restaurant and he recognized the need for health insurance. So while you're a small, independently operated restaurant, providing major medical for your entire team sometimes can put you out of business. It's so expensive. But they are a local urgent care solution with three locations here in Nashville. It is super inexpensive to sign up. They have telehealth and free urgent care primary care physician visits for everyone on your staff. So go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com and click the Complete Health Partners tab. Take you directly to them. Contact them. Call them. If you want to save a bunch of money yet still provide medical insurance for your staff, check them out, Complete Health Partners. Right now with the staffing issues we've got, you've got to be able to offer it's not only because of the staffing issue, because it's the right thing to do to offer urgent care and primary care help to your staff. Check them out, completehealthpartners.com. And as a as a married couple, you guys working with Josh and Lauren, like they were so I mean, I had Josh on the show like a year ago, but like he was so calm and so cool, but so confident yet humble. Like he just encompasses all these things and them together working in the restaurant. Did you guys learn anything from them or like what was that scenario what was that like it was fine i mean it, it's it's such a tight-knit group there like we're, we're just like i mean wayne and i when we were already working there i mean we'd already worked together uh for a while in, in the past and so i mean we knew we knew that we worked well together but i don't know it's just it was fun working with all of them it's you know we would get done with a long week of service and then you know on saturday nights and then we'll just sit around you know, chatting for another hour to two hours after work at the restaurant. Like we just, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, it was just a fun group of people to work with. Well, people would ask too, like, wait, do you have to be a part of a couple in order to work? Yeah. Here? <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of every shift there, you guys, Josh told me, he said at the end of every shift, we discuss all of the tables. Uh-huh. Like you actually go, you re, you go over the reservations at the end of the mm-hmm. shift and kind of talk about all the tables and, what I guess what you could do better, or if they liked it, if they didn't like it, is that how that conversation went? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was it was that. It was also just like making notes on people, so that I mean, because it is such a small restaurant, and we do occasionally have like re people will come in for like special occasions, but like they'll make that like this is where we go every year for our anniversary, and so just making notes like that, and it just you know helps to make it special for people when they do come in again or if they do come in again to help Mm -hmm. us like remember them and Mm -hmm. you know and just like little little things about them that you know can uh 
or even like little details like oh they didn't say anything but these people didn't eat any of the raw seafood so like yeah. that way we know next time that they've come in like oh they probably maybe steer them away from something or mm -hmm. to note like oh they didn't eat the caviar like oh and finding out like oh they don't eat yeah, food or just like little like little things like that to, that we try to pay attention to mm -hmm. well Where i love that because oh i'm so sorry well, go ahead jen <laughs> i love that um because i'm allergic to shell shellfish fish and tree nuts and mm -hmm. so i was so scared to go to bastion we went for Kenji's birthday and sat at the bar with you, but I was so scared to go. Cause I'm like, I know that this menu is like, I know they've prepared this menu. Yeah. I know that, you know, there's so, I know the level of work that goes into that. And I hate being that person. That's like, I'm so sorry, but I yeah. actually can't eat so much. As, and Josh is great. Like I've known Josh since I moved here too. And so he was really good about don't eat this. Don't eat this. You know, <laughs> we can take this off and stuff. And obviously I, it was wonderful and beautiful and I had no issue, but just, I so appreciate when restaurants are willing to do, I mean, obviously it's an allergy. It's not, it's not a dislike, but it's, I know what a pain it is. And so I just so appreciate when people are like willing to do that because I don't have to feel unsafe going or like a nuisance, even though I always will going to places like that, you know? No, absolutely. I mean, I think it was just, it was an important thing for us at, at that restaurant, like mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Like we're, we're trying to present ourselves as, you know, one of the higher caliber restaurants in the city mm -hmm. and, you know, to, to be able to offer that, those services to people. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Bastion is absolutely one of the best restaurants in the city slash state. I mean, I, I, I've, it's definitely top three to me of restaurants and just the way everything about it. I absolutely, I love everything about that restaurant. No, we were, and we were so happy to be able to be a part of it for, mm -hmm. for as long as we were. So are you guys going to incorporate anything like that with what you're doing on s Sunday and Monday nights? Are you going to be sitting down after the shift and making notes and where did you house that stuff? Was it housed in like talk or something or do you have just like I, note cards? I think they've got, just got spreadsheets really. Like, we, wow. we would write notes, like, we would have a spreadsheet, like, with, you know, all the reservations, and we would just, like, write notes on it throughout the, throughout service, just as little reminders, but, um, yeah, I think that they've just got it on, you know, on the computer and, and stuff, but, no, we're, we're not doing anything. We, <laughs> we got so crushed on Monday night this last week, uh, that by the end of service, it was just like, wow, man, like, just, I think, I think everyone front house and back house we were just like i can't believe that just happened that was that was insane so, are you, are you house taking reservations? <laughs> we are taking reservations yeah and it's just being booked like through normal patterson house like talk mm -hmm. website I don't, okay. I don't think it says anything about us but it's we're doing it on sundays and mondays but um yeah it was yeah they i don't think they were expecting it no, i don't think any of us were expecting <laughs> to get crushed I quite like we did well, I can imagine it's going to continue to happen if you continue to do what you're doing. Let's let's jump back into some of the food, right? So if I'm coming in tonight and I want to eat, what are some highlights? What are some things I should be looking for that you're really, really proud of? I mean, really, I mean, hopefully Everything. most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's definitely things like that you've really sort of been doing a lot of R&D for and things like that I've sort of... Yeah, I mean... Part of what we were trying to do is because because it is a different environment than what we're obviously going to be opening up. Um, you know, it's it's still a bar. You know, Pat, people who come into Patterson House, you know, they've been doing more food, so we wanted to make sure it sort of fit that format still of being you know being bar food friendly. Um, so we've got a couple little things like uh, that fits that of just being kind of like little fried bar food things like that. The, like the loaded tots that we're doing okonomiyaki style which are super fun and really really delicious um i mean we've got some like i we've been working on chicken wings for the past few months that i think are some of the best that i've ever had <laughs> um uh that we're you know we're we're making like a soy uh basically like a soy based brine then smoking them off and then finishing them on the grill. Uh, and then it's got like a like, sort of like flat garlic barbecue sauce that it's getting tossed in, tons of scallions, tons of spices and seasonings to finish it. But I, I think they're delicious. Um, yeah, the, the milk bread that we're serving the, like the smoked pulled pork on, mm -hmm. 
And we have a couple items that are sort of like, I guess you could call them like a, almost like sushi bar items. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my, my father's a sushi chef, so I basically grew up in a sushi restaurant. So, um, okay. yeah, one of them, one of the items um, that we've been talking about is uh, the inari. Uh, it's uh, basically sushi rice that's wrapped in uh, tofu. Uh, that's been uh, it's boil it's fried tofu that's been boiled in dashi. It's a very traditional Japanese dish. It's usually served pretty simply like that. Um, so uh, my father made that for me when I visited him in California a couple months ago, and I was just we're just eating it together and thinking like, man, we should we should do this at Kisserik because it's so it's so tasty. People don't really know about this in the states. Um, I don't know why it doesn't really translate here as well, but trying to find a way to sort of like make it, uh, yeah, uh, make it something that could be um, appealing. I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but we basically we uh, take a salmon and cure it in uh, miso and mirin and sake, and then after that we cold smoke it, and so it's like that with uh, sushi rice and it's wrapped in, um, in in tofu, and sort of that's meant to be eaten with your hands. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for that. I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm literally right now trying to make reservations. <laughs> like, I gotta, I gotta go do this. I'm so jealous that you have reservations for tonight. The 18th, you're completely sold out. There is not one reservation yeah. available Yeah, yeah. from maybe. Monday night, the 19th, there is one 4 PM that is available and that is too early that I will not be able to make that. So that Monday night will not work next week on the 25th. You are completely sold out. Except what? for <laughs> except for four p.m. and then if you want to eat after eight thirty, it's like at eight forty-five or nine uh, for dinner. But you're from four thirty to eight, you're completely sold out. And then there's a couple spaces left, um, five thirty, six o'clock on the twenty-sixth. So if you're listening to this and you're hungry and you want to go support these guys, but more importantly, <laughs> you want to eat their food, go make the reservation now. This is your fair warning if you don't want to like plan six weeks out because I have a feeling like this is going to be one of those things that it's it's like when the when the catbird seat first opened you had to book it literally a month in advance just to get a seat. How does it make y'all feel to hear that? There are still walk-ins. There are still walk-ins available. Oh, so you can walk in. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So well, Brandon, I actually almost made the reservation for four and was going to be like, hey, why don't you and Jennifer come with us? And I was like, that's presumptuous. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would have loved that. Damn. Okay. Well, next time I know. So, um, know. yeah. Well, so what, he... is your favorite, what is your favorite place for you guys to go that's not a place that you've worked? What do you do? What First of all, what do you do when you're not working? Sleep? Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know. We we tend to spend a, if we're not like really actively working, it's usually spending time in our garden or uh, or or going like bike rides things mm -hmm. like that. I just what part of town do you live in? Oh, uh, Donaldson. Donaldson, yeah. So we're really close to like the Greenway trails and all that mm -hmm. back there. So yeah, we do we do that a lot. But okay. But, but back in uh, LA when we were trying to save money to, to move out here, we basically realized like, well, in order to afford to move, like we're gonna, we gotta have to stop going out. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and so we just started focusing on our time on doing things that were free, which usually means outdoor things, mm -hmm. which is great because we love those things like hiking, cycling. Yeah, yep. and, uh, and that's just carried over even since moving out here and, mm -hmm. um, most of the time, it's, it is either hiking, uh, cycling, gardening, things like that. Mm -hmm. We like camping, things like that. Yeah. Sort of a boring couple. Like. <laughs> We're, we are we are homebodies. Yeah. Very much no, that's it, that's that's all stuff I can totally get into. I try <laughs> to go hiking every day if I have a chance to. I live right by Percy Warner Park, oh, so man. I'm like yeah. five minutes from all these trails. So like I try and get out there. That's my happy space. When I'm able to get outside, it's almost like plugging in and like recharging my battery mm -hmm. every time. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm not like that. I like, <laughs> <don't have nature. laughs> oh, if, if I like told my, like, like myself 10 years ago, I was like, Oh, these are going to be your favorite things to do. Like what? <laughs> I was good. in all my time in New York, I was such an indoor kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much like I want to be in air conditioning all the time. I 
I love being indoors, but like I like doing, I'm a homebody too. I like just being home, but I, mm -hmm. I really hate, I grew up in Florida. So I think I just hate being hot. <laughs> so here it's just, it's still Florida at like this time of year, it's yeah. Florida, you know? And I'm like, I don't need that. I had that for 18 years. Like we're good. So. <laughs> well, I love it. Well, I'm so excited to, to, that you guys are here. I'm glad you're in Nashville. I love what you guys are doing. I cannot wait to try it. I'm so jealous, Jen, that you're going to get to go do it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and um, I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. This is this is so nice of you to come on the show and spend oh, some time to tell us about you. I know you guys are super duper busy. Anytime you guys want to come back, we would love, love, love to have you. Um, before we let you off the hook here and get to go back to spending a little time together. We like to, I like to um, finish every show and give you guys the, um, give you the floor, let you take us out kind of in a Jerry's final thought kind of a thing, whatever you want to say. And I throw, I, every time I put people on the spot, like what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, that's what you're going to do. <laughs> like, exactly no, wait, wait, <laughs> dude, you could have told me before. <laughs> So if you're speaking to the city of Nashville, probably mostly the culinary community who's listening to this, um, floor is yours. Whatever you want to say for as long as you want to say it, you could say, go Titans, and then we're done. <laughs> but whatever, whatever you want to say, go. Elena? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you have something in mind, Brian? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and there we go. That's what you got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, so. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. Just you know. Thank, thank. Please come out and hopefully you enjoy our food. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the, the Nashville restaurant community is so so amazing. Just the, the 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 range of people that we've met while we've been here and how supportive everybody has been. Um, it's, I don't know, I guess it's just sort of sending, sending out, uh, that appreciation, uh, to even people who are listening to this, you know, uh, that, that, pe that there's interest and there's support for the Nashville restaurant community. I just think it's so awesome. And we feel very fortunate to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, the opportunity, uh, that we've even had since we've come out here, I mean, the opportunities, I guess, for myself going to work at Catbird Seat, it's crazy, the sequences and the little steps and the decisions that you make in your life that that lead you into certain directions and i think it's funny all the little things that happened to where i got the opportunity to work there for as long as i did and all the experiences i've had since there and um i yeah i just feel i feel so lucky and for us to even be able to do these pop-ups at patterson house i feel so incredibly lucky and and grateful for all the opportunities we've gotten since coming out here what is it? I have to ask you a question. Normally, I don't have any questions. You say your final thought, and then it's done. <laughs> but I'm such a fan of Benjamin and Max Goldberg and what they do and their innovation. And everybody that I've talked to, the Julia Sullivans, the um, uh, 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 Josh Habegers, those type people, everybody has just said how amazing they are. What's been your experience working for those guys? I mean, similarly, just, they're just incredibly supportive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're very supportive. And I think one of the cool things is, is that they, and like the way I've always felt working with them is, you know, they see people and their areas of expertise and they, they try not to like overimpose their ideas or anything like that on it. It's just like, this is, this is what you're good at. I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to trust you to do it. And, you know, if you think it's a good decision, go for it. And then mm -hmm. that's, I think that's, that's very rare in, you know, owners and bosses and mm -hmm. in this industry is like, and I think that's one of the most frustrating things that it, it, one of the things that's very frustrating to so many chefs is that, you know, when they have an owner who's saying, you know what, I really think you should be doing this and this and this and this, and I want this on the menu and like dictating it. And it's like, well, and why did you, why are you hiring me? Why are you hiring me to have a perspective if you're just telling me what to do? And, you know, I think it, the cool thing about Ben and Max is that they, they get that and they know that it's like, no, you know better than I do on this. And, you know, I'm going to trust you to do that. So 
That's awesome. I that's 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 what I imagine. You can tell in the style of their restaurants that that's yeah. exactly what they're doing. Is there a a collaboration? Is there a hope that when you guys do your very own brick and mortar, are you going to be part of Strategics brand? We, we we don't know yet. We're we're still figuring things out and yeah, trying to trying to get it all get it all together. So we'll see if we can. That would be awesome. But we'll see we'll see where things end up. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here today. If you're listening to this and you want more, if you want more of Brian and Lena, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can watch them play the newlywed game, the newly reopened game, whatever you want to call it. It's our version, the culinary newlywed game uh, right now. So go to our YouTube page and we have some bonus extras right there. Thank you guys so much. Wow. So that was so much fun getting to know them. I, I did not, I've not met them at all in all of my career. And I'm like so upset that I haven't. They're so nice. They are. They're super impressive. I was really fortunate as you heard to work for Brian. Um, and he is one of those people that doesn't waste a word, doesn't waste an ingredient. Like if it's on the plate, it's meant to be on the plate if he says it, he means to say it. Like he's very meticulous in that. And I think that's very cool. That is number one on my list of places that I need to go try. I've also not eaten at Peninsula. So that mm. is like one A and this is like one B. Those are my next two places I am going to go eat at. Mm -hmm. um, lots of fun. Remember if you're out there, we'd love to hear your, we'd love to see your submission for our logo as well as the um, intro song for Talk and Shift. And um, anything else you got, Jen? You want to leave them with? That's all I've got. Just keep lifting each other up, y'all. All right. And we uh, we hope that you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.